one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, and it's time then for the H and J Daily. Some of the best bits of this afternoon. I say time. I mean, you listen to it when you like. It's a yeah, podcast for goodness' that's sake. Very true. Yeah. Um, so we had a chat with Francis Jeffers, formerly of Everton and Arsenal. Yeah, it's a he good was form. interesting. Haven't spoken to him yeah. before, but uh, no, he had some really interesting stuff to say, past and present. Um, we also, uh, what else did we do? Martin Kellner joined us. Week of sport on TV. Yeah. We covered some ground with Martin, and um, my thing? mind's gone completely blank. No, it's not ideal. Yeah. We had a chat. We did have a chat. We had two chats. Yes, we? we did indeed. And uh, well, I think that should. Uh, that should keep you going. There's something else, but I can't remember what it is. There was something else, there. but, yeah, no, don't worry. You know, you're listening. I'm just giving you a flavour of it. You're listening to it, of course. Oh, Todd Macklin. Todd That's Macklin. It, yeah. Lots so, of Super Bowl, Taylor Swift. Yeah, nonsense. a lot of Taylor Swift. Get used to that next week. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And I haven't seen you since uh, Chelsea were well beaten by yeah. uh, a brilliant, I thought, Liverpool team Very good. on Wednesday night. But breaking news out of Anfield oh, uh, yeah. this morning. Uh, Wednesday night's VAR official John Brooks has announced he'll be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. Oh, no. He says he's taken the club as far as they can go. <laughs> he ran out of energy, missing those two clear pens by his very good mate, Paul Tierney. And I can't wait for next week's edition of Mic'd Up. Well, Howard, did did John get those two penalty calls completely wrong? Well, let's look at it two ways, Michael. Yes and yes. Well, this, I mean, the, the jury's out a little bit on nah. the first one. Gallagher's right through on goal with the ball at his feet. He's going to put the ball past the keeper. He couldn't possibly miss. And Van Dyke very cleverly nudged him off the ball with his thigh. He made yeah. contact with him and stopped him getting to the ball. How's that not a penalty? Yeah. That's a penalty on any planet. And the other one from Chiswick's call. He's still very and upset. much, much more than the penalty was last night at uh, Molyneux, which yeah. was ridiculous. And well, Howard, what happened there? It's inconsistency, <laughs> Michael. I don't get it either. He's doing. Doing all the voices. Tremendous, isn't it? You've been it? working on your Rotherham, have you, for well, Howard? Um, yes, It'll be a bit, a bit deeper for yeah, Howard. Probably, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably. But uh, honestly, it was much less of a penalty. You've got either, Yorkshire roots, and we forget that. But fair enough, really? I mean, the only thing is that goals change games. You know, yeah. we would have lost that game. I'm not game. sure they would have changed the game that much. No, but you go, <laughs> you one, you go one nil up, so yeah, that gives you a bit true. of... Goals give you confidence, and they give you energy, that's and true. they take the crowd out of it a yeah. bit. And at 3-2, with 10 minutes to go... 
I'm not saying Chelsea wouldn't have deserved it. They wouldn't, but they could have got something. And it's just frustrating to see you get sawn off. Like you don't want an apology from Howard Webb. It's the last thing you want, really. But, yeah. You know, I thought the other game last night it wasn't terrific. The West Ham Bournemouth. I, I wanted a one-one though. I've worked it out because through my Chelsea, well, you got prison, a one-one. Didn't yeah, you? I wanted it to be one-one because I'm worried about being caught by Bournemouth or trying to catch West Ham. Oh, okay. <laughs> you <laughs> find yourself in the hinterland more, at the moment. I was league. a bit tight on Calvin Phillips. Got a terrible um, pass. Tried to get in there yeah. before the attacker did. It wasn't really a back pass. I mean, because no. I, I wasn't watching the game. Keep an eye on the other one. Mm. And so when I, they said, "Oh, terrible mistake by Calvin Phillips," I thought, "Oh, what a terrible back pass." But I mean, it wasn't a doggy on Tuesday night, no. was it? It you wasn't know. a back pass like that. I, I, you know, I mean, he's going to take a while to get fit. For goodness' yeah, sake, he's hardly played shop, any football. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. Anyway. I thought uh, Bournemouth a bit unlucky. I thought they deserved. Oh, to win. blimey! Had so many chances. That's the old mm. classic. Got to score the second goal when you're on top, isn't it? But that, that game last well, night was absolutely nuts. Wasn't oh, it? It's one yeah. of those where, like, the old defensive coach pulling their hair out. Mm. It was fun, though. It was a fun, yeah. fun game. I did love the way that... I don't know if it was a kind of slight fear of bringing him down in the area because he was on a Maisie. But they did seem to run alongside um, Manu when he had that shot. It was like two lines of me either mm. side of him, almost like they're saying, go on, Kobe, have a pop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They didn't really get in front of him, yeah, did they? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was a nuts game. It's been a really good midweek. We had some really good... Quite, it, was, I mean, it wasn't for you, but there were lots of goals, exciting games, yeah. comebacks. It was, uh, it, yeah, was, was it was an interesting was, midweek programme. Yeah. Uh, Stan Collymore will, I'm sure, touch on that. The window closing yesterday, which was a bit of a damp squib, of course, as we kind of expected. We'll get. I'll tell you what, there was a very interesting uh, comment today uh, around Forrest looking for a keeper. We'll save that and we'll, tat, uh, we'll chat to Stan mm. about that later on. Because we are going to get you a bit puntastic today. Uh, it is Friday and so we'll, loose, we'll loosen things up a bit for you. We, I, we, you tend to embrace these. And we've got not uh, one but two of these for you today mm. because Arturo Vidal has gone back home to his uh, spiritual club, Colo Colo, where it all started after a kind of tour of Europe's top clubs. Mm. And he's known as King Arthur, amongst other things. Yes, that's right. Uh, at uh, Colo Colo and in Chile. And um, so they decided he landed in the middle of the Colo Colo. There's 35,000 people there to watch a helicopter land in the middle of the pitch when he uh, yeah. after his signing. Then he got dressed up as a knight of the round table and rode around the outside of the pitch on a horse. <laughs> I mean, you don't often get... I mean, properly galloping, he can ride, clearly. You yeah, know, he was man. going for it. Mm. And I wonder what the insurers made of that. <laughs> I mean, it is, he's about 36. If he'd come off, he could have been out for about two years. <laughs> but anyway, he got round... So I I sent it to, I WhatsApped it to Andy and, and the guys on the show and said, this is mad. And Andy said, Carlo Lancelotti, come on, <laughs> give us your medieval footballers. <laughs> so off we went, Zat Knights, Zat Knights of the Steve Round Table. <laughs> They're in Camelot, of course, of old mate Chris Kamara. Unbelievable. Uh, the producer gave us Richard the Third place playoff. <laughs> you gave us... Guinevere Williams, one for the Chelsea backroom staff. So uh, come on, let's have your chivalrous footballers this afternoon. Oh, please, come on, let's have those. And then, of course, we listened to this uh, now quite infamous social media clip of a very upset Chris Wilder who felt he didn't get the decisions for Sheffield United this week, saying he had gone to see the referee and the assistant referee was eating a sandwich. 
Well, he spoke to him. <laughs> and Chris said, I thought it was disrespectful. I hope he enjoyed his sandwich while he was um, talking to a Premier League referee. Yeah, like, Premier League manager. Premier League manager, sorry. Yes, he got he got quite upset about Honestly, it. I, I think he'd cringe. We actually read that quote yeah. today and thought, oh, How I dare actually, you eat a sandwich in I front of a Premier that? League manager? Pathetic, Things you can't do in front of a Premier League manager, one, Eat a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was an elaborate one. Do you remember the old Lauren Hardy film where <laughs> I mean, just like he, he breaks open an egg stand and he puts a little napkin in, uh, gets some salt, and does a whole bit. I mean, I imagine that would annoy Chris when he's raging about a, a VAR call. <laughs> yeah. But if a bloke's just, I mean, he's come off the pitch, he's hungry, yeah. and he may be diabetic, you may have needed to eat. Also, what difference does it make? It's yeah. ridiculous. It's just excuses. It's well, he, he was very upset, and he's going to be contacting the Premier League. Not about that, but about the the rough calls that uh, Blades have been getting. But um, I mean, we'll like, we'll take your perceived slights. Maybe there's something that's going to hurt Chris for years. I mean, in years to come, in about five or six years, he'll be sitting there and he'll be thinking, "Remember that li- there, that lino eating a sandwich? That r- still bothers me now." I just honestly, I want it to shove it down his throat. So, um, perceived slights you have uh, witnessed, and they they still they come up. Maybe we've triggered something in you today. Let us know. Apart from your chivalry and your sandwich, of course, we've got to have your. Let's stick those in as well. Let's have your John Brooks having a three-course meal. In the dressing room. <laughs> That's just a John, John Brooks. Well, turkey leg in his mouth. <laughs> that would be good, yeah. Um, so, I, of course, when we saw the uh, the Chris story, we kept, come on, it's Aaron Egan Cresswell. <laughs> oh, we couldn't think of that many more, really, could we? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I've never heard of a sauna boat before, um, Amelia mentioning it there. I mean, it seems an odd combo, doesn't it? Thought, like, we'll, we'll lay on some cruises for people. We'll stick a little sauna on there. I don't know. Is that what you'd like to do, that, Andy? Take to well, the seas on really a sauna? I about it, but yeah, I wouldn't well, I mean, turn it down. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> would I? Just anybody out there with a sauna boat? We must do a shore from there. <laughs> Andy sweating cobs in there. That'd be interesting, Marvelous. wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, we uh, turn now to uh, football and uh, the charity of which I'm a very proud patron. Sporting Memories have got together with SportBreaks.com, and uh, here to tell us a little bit more about it is the former Everton and Arsenal striker Francis Jeffers. Hi, Franny. How are you? Are we doing all right, chaps? Yes, we we're not yeah, so good. bad. Yeah, we'll come on to uh, Sporting Memories shortly. You've been out in Saudi, haven't you? Working out yeah. there? Oh, yeah, it was good while it lasted, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh I see. Uh, <laughs> didn't last too long, mate. Bit of a strange one. Uh, all going well. Yeah, I was out there with Robbie, Robbie Fowler. Uh, sitting top of the league we were, mate, when they pulled the rug from under us. Why, what, what? strange. Why, Why was that? Well, that was an odd decision, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is, mate. It, it was very strange. I mean, we 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 never seen it coming. Uh, I think obviously different things happening out there. Director of football, a Spanish fella, and uh, I think he just wanted his mating and he got his way. That's off that. Yeah. No, that is that is football. Sadly, that can yeah, happen, can't it? Can't it, it really? Yeah, yeah. It, can, yeah. How did you find the experience of working working out Brilliant. there? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Loved every minute of it, and obviously when you when you're winning games of football, I think we were in charge for eight games. We we won six of them and uh, drew two. Uh, Robbie was doing a fantastic job. Uh, as I say, when you're winning games of football, you can work anywhere, can't you? Because the environment's thriving and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it, mate. Great experience. Something I'd do again. Yeah. One well, of the strangest ca- sessions ever. Yeah, that does, that does seem very odd. Unbeaten, doing well, mad. 
Um, well, we'll come on and we'll talk a bit about Everton and Arsenal. But before that, as we said, Sporting Memories do some uh, wonderful yeah. work with people um, yeah. suffering with dementia and loneliness around the country with their sports group. And they've linked up with Everton and sportsbreaks.com. Yes. And, and you and Barry Horn are going to be uh, involved as well, aren't you? Tell us a bit more. Well, well, to be fair, mate, I, I, I didn't know much about it. Uh, I was sitting on the couch doing nothing and Darren Griffiths from the club rang me and said, look, we've got this going on, this partnership. Uh, would you come down and, and help us? We've got some fans coming, a couple with dementia. Uh, and you know what, mate? You, you get off the couch, you're feeling sorry for yourself, you're not working, and then you go down there, mate, and you, you have an hour or two with them. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, probably the best couple of hours I've had in a long time. Just sitting there, walking around Goodison, reliving all the memories that they've got, and it and it sparks your own yeah. memories as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah amazing, and that's the it? great the great thing about sporting mm. memories that they they kind of use sport uh, for people with dementia, yeah. and it it's a kind of positive generally, even if win or lose, your memories of Definitely. being around football it's a positive thing, and you you'll see people in the groups just eyes light up when they yeah. think about the old days and they think about yeah. football. It's uh, no, as you say, it's an amazing yeah. thing. And I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the dementia, a lot of stuff, you know, you don't know what they're going through, what they know, what they don't know. But speaking to the the fella there, Norman, who suffers with dementia, I mean, like, he's going back telling me all kinds of different stories and the fascinating stories, you know. And as you, as you just said, then you can see him. You see the eyes light up. You see you, you see the, uh, the smile on the face. And you know what? It didn't have to put a smile on my face. I absolutely loved the oh, two hours great. I had. That's yeah, brilliant, good. yeah. Um, and if, if people do want to find out more about Sporting Memories, we'll put out the link on uh, on our uh, Twitter yeah, page. And you, if I, you can get involved in the groups, it is, it's something you, you, you'd like to, or if you've got Absolutely relatives fantastic. that are struggling. So, yeah, because uh, yeah, some fans came along to Goodison and were given a tour by yeah. Francis and, uh, and Barry in that tie-up between Sporting Memories and Sports Breaks. Um, is Everton the first result you look at then? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big blue mate. I agree. My life was Everton, you know, from from a, a real young age, uh, season ticket holder, right up until I made me debut. In fact, the season I made me debut at sixteen, uh, I was still sitting on the Gladys seat with all my mates. So, Everton's my club, mate. Yeah, it, it must have been. Oh, I was going to say it must have been hard though, because we were, we were saying the, uh, you know, when you go back as a player and you love a club. It, yeah. it must be quite difficult because when you went to Arsenal, you did, you know, you got a bit of clog because you were leaving the club. And so, it, yeah. It, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, people forgive and forget, but it can't be easy when you love a club and then you go back there and you get some stick. Yeah, well, you know what, mate? I'm not, you know, you say forgive and forget. I'm not I'm not sure it has been forgot, really, because I, <laughs> I still get a bit of stick when I go out around, around <laughs> different places. And, and you know what? You're right. It does hurt because I'm an Everton fan and I only ever wanted to play for Everton, but... Obviously, when when you break through and, you know, I go back to it, I mean, the, the time at Everton I had was unbelievable. Uh, but the club was was in was in difficult circumstances then. And I think that summer they sold me, they sold Michael Ball, they sold Richard Dunn. And, you know, you look at it now, the, the, you know, clubs have got, to, have got to generate money. And I think I think for a long time, whatever you say about our club, you know, we, we, we did tend to sell our best young talent. Yeah. That, that was how we survived. And, you know, whether the fans like that or not, you know, that, that that's the truth of it. Is it about to say, you, you, you've got a brilliant nickname, the Fox in the Box, and it's been yeah. used to describe other people who predators, uh, goal-scoring predators, but who gave you that nickname? 
They really stuck, didn't they? You know what? I, th- I think it, I think it was the boss. I think it was Arsene Wenger. I think I think it was the first press conference. I mean, like I, I always thought I was I was a bit more than than just a goal scorer. You know, mm. I thought, but I think obviously when I think he sort of said it in a not a throwaway comment, but I think he said, "Look, we're you know we're looking for someone who'll be in the box and score goals, a fox in the box." And as you said, it sort of stuck and. It maybe added a bit more pressure that I didn't need. At the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you how do you recall that time, Arsenal? Because you 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 know you picked up a fair few injuries. You maybe you yeah. know you didn't continue there for three years. You didn't get a lot yeah. of game time, did you? No, and and you know what? I, I did have injuries. I, I the season before at Everton, I'd, I'd had two operations on my ankle, so I was very surprised actually that some of that the deal went through because I hadn't played much football the season before. I'd started the season before really well, but you know what? I look back on it. I, I loved Arsenal, but it was really, really difficult. And you know what? The injuries were, were tough, but you know, if the truth be known, I'm, I'm quite a realist, and I wasn't quite good enough to get in the team. If the truth be known, you know, and there's nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed about there because you look at the the array of strikers they had. You know, Henri, Bergkamp, Wiltord, Carnu, you know, and myself. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I was a 19-year-old kid who, who'd coming off the back of a bad season. Not a bad season at Everton, but a, a, an injury-stricken season at Everton. Uh, and, you know what, I, I probably wasn't good enough to, to get Bergkamp and Henri out the team. And that's nothing to be ashamed about, is it? No, no, no absolutely not. not. How, how are you feeling about Everton at the moment? It's been, it's been a tough old season. We keep yeah. talking about what would it be like with or without the 10 points. And there is a, a chance that... Look, it's not going to be, be scary right. because they, they put I, the I wish, I wish, yeah. I wish we had them. Yeah, <laughs> well, what well, I mean, be like. they're not going to be scrapped, but they could be reduced potentially. You'll know next month if it goes down to six, that will be something. But I think yeah, that's probably about as good as it's going to get. So, how, how are you feeling well, about it? Well, you know what? I, I, there's a lot of rules in place now, and I'll be honest with you, chaps. I don't really know how they work, but what I do know is that the bits I do know is that. Obviously, we have broke the rules somewhere along the line. But, you know, I go back to it. I think it was Portsmouth getting... I think they, they went into administration and got nine points. Yeah. If I'm right. And to me, that that doesn't quite seem right. We haven't gone into administration. And as far as I'm aware, I think a lot of the money is going on the stadium or went on the stadium. So we've been caught, really, haven't we? As I say, I don't quite understand... The, the rules and regulations, how they work. But what I do know is if Portsmouth are going into administration and getting nine points, we've broke the rules. How are we getting 10? Yeah. I, I thought that was, I thought the worst case scenario was putting your club into administration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, but could... it's not, I, might, I might be wrong, chaps. As I say, I don't know the ins and outs of it. But what I do know is I'd, I'd love them to give us some, some points back. And uh, on the playing side, what of Dominic Calvert-Lewin? He's still kind of he's having his moments. He's not quite found the yeah. form that that we saw yeah. from him before, yeah. has he yet? I worked with Dom when I was under twenty, on one of the under twenty-one coaches. Uh, we got him from Sheffield United. Uh, he's another one who struggled with injuries, couldn't quite get it get it right. He's in and out the team. Now he's getting a run of games. That the goals will come. Trust me, guys. The goals will come with Dom. I think he's a top striker, and I think. The goals will come. Uh, it's not. It's not easy. Even even you know you think ten games mightn't be enough when you spent the amount of time out. He has. You know it might be it might be half a season. It might be a full season. You know we might have to just look after them this season, get the best out of them, and then we might see the best of them next season. Yeah. But what I can say is, I haven't seen him close up. 
he's got everything to be a top striker if he's not already a top striker. You know, he's an England international, isn't he? But uh, we, we need to hang on to him, I think. Yeah. And just funny with the people you know at the club, they're saying good things about Sean Dyche and the job. It's just over a year now. Oh. He's been, it's been a tough old year, but w- what are you hearing? Well, that well, no, yeah, obviously, done an unbelievable job, I think, anyway. You know, you look at it, the 10 points, uh, you know, Everton changed managers a lot, haven't we, over the years? And uh, I've always felt our club's better with, with a Sean Dyche type character, uh, David Moyes type character. Uh, you know, British, tough, uh, works the players hard uh, and he's getting a response out of them and, you know, as I said, if you, if you give us the 10 points back, I think we're in a really, really good position. I know that's hindsight, but, you know, Sean Dyche for me is doing an unbelievable job. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we, the, the things we've had, I look at it, you know, that we've had a lot of VAR decisions go against us. I mean, the one the other night, I, I don't quite understand it, chaps, but I think on Merseyside, the Evertonians, me included, I feel there's been a bit of a vendetta against us. Mm. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the points next month. Franny, good to talk to you. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Take care. See you um, later. Francis Jeffers there. And if you uh, are somebody uh, coping with dementia, looking after someone with dementia or uh, loneliness or depression, then contact Sporting Memories. They put groups together. You're being like-minded company talking about your club and all the sports you love. Um, And, yeah, sportingmemories.uk is the link if you'd like to find out more to volunteer because I'm sure you'd find it very rewarding just as Franny did there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, you may remember at Stamford Bridge about two or three weeks ago, uh, there was some odd-looking people behind the dugout. They were promoting this film, film, Argyle. Argyle, And uh, it got one star in the Times today, the review. One star. And uh, I don't know if it had an overpaid 12-year-old director. Probably. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Everything he touches. Fantastic. But there we go. And uh, what about this scam that the uh, star had this morning? Oh, yeah. Tie scam over the new Klopp. Liverpool fans have been warned not to fall for a scam asking to pay for Shabby Alonso's flight to England. A bogus message purportedly from the Spaniard and written in Thai asked for donations of 300 baht, £6.70, to help chip in for his trip. It says, I am Shabby Alonso. I'll be in charge of Liverpool next season, but I'm short of money for my flight to Liverpool. Because <laughs> <laughs> the money in during the Bundesliga yeah, is not yes. that good. It's not that good. It's ridiculous. That's right. I'm doing any, no job too small. Just me and a man in a van. Ridiculous. Do you want to, do you know, I kicked the other, kicked yeah. off the other day, that's old news, where I found some old cuttings like in the garage. Yeah, it's very good. And these are from 2007. Do you want another one of these, yeah, Andy? Just, I, won't, I, won't, I won't, you know, overstay me well. But I'll just give it. This, um, this involved uh, a time when uh, John uh, Pantsill slash Paintsill yeah. was uh, joining uh, West Ham for a fairly unedifying couple of years. It didn't go particularly well as far as I remember. <laughs> and this was what one of the papers said back in 2007. Uh, Good to hear West Ham clear up any confusion over Ghana defender John Paintsill Pantsill. Yeah. The club says, despite John's admittance that he has spelt his name as Paintsill in the past, including while playing for Ghana in the World Cup this summer, <laughs> the fact remains that the spelling on his official documentation is Pantsill. Therefore, <laughs> his work permit was issued under the name of Pantsill. He is registered with the Premier League as Pantsill, and his contract of employment at the club <laughs> is in the name of Pantsill. Not Paintsill. <laughs> uh, so I went to... Um, um, 
Wikipedia where he's John Paintsill. Oh, so, really? so much for that. So if anybody can clear up the Paintsill Paintsill all these years on, uh, we'd be much obliged. You'd be, you'd be worried about it now for 15 oh, years. Yeah. I keep coming back to it saying, well, what is it? Just make your minds up. Now, anyway. We're, we're going to be hearing about Taylor Swift in uh, Todd Macklin's American oh, Sports Radio. about nothing else for the next yeah, week. I know, but this story in the start of the day, Donald Trump's bonkers backers, not, that's not my words, obviously, yeah. have accused Taylor Swift of taking part in a plot to rig the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> oh, some of the conspiracy, the conspiracy theories are amazing. Uh, it's going to be a fixed final. The pair will then give Trump's rival, Joe Biden, their backing in front of millions of TV viewers. Yeah. So that's it. That's, that's the only reason that they're going to fix it. Uh, experts say Tay-Tay's support... Tay-Tay, who's that? <laughs> is that what they call her? On the Irish crisps. She's ever called Tay-Tay. Yeah. Tay-Tay. Uh, could, could be a key factor in swinging the US presidential election. No, it's not. Uh, Trump supporter Vivek Ramaswamy said... Oh, yeah, he's a piece of work. I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl, and I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped-up couple. Yeah, it's... Yeah, they're... see conspiracy in they're everything. Com- they're coming thick and fast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We chat to mine. Some interesting quotes coming out. Brighton, the Roberto De Zerbi press yes. conference, um, talking about the transfer window. He said, we are two less players in midfield. I spoke with the club, but they decided in another way. I don't know about the decision, but we move on anyway. My focus is on the pitch. What have they done with all that money that Chelsea gave them? Why don't they go and spend it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, you know, losing good players is all about regenerating. Yeah, Maybe the, you know, players weren't there in the market. I don't know. But... Um, Slightly worrying comments, if you're a Brighton fan. Anyway, Martin Kellner's week of sport on TV. Hello, Martin. What's even more worrying is that he said two less players. He meant two fewer players. Ah, OK, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Although to be fair, sp- it is a second yes, language. it is. Isn't it? <laughs> Quite possibly we'll let him off. third or we'll fourth off. language. He probably speaks <laughs> far more than we do. Yeah. Um, yes. So, Martin, um, I've not watched yeah. this yet. I've, I've, I've recorded it. I'll watch it in a spare moment. It is the... Is the Pep Guardiola documentary that we had on the Beeb this week? You took yeah. that, you took that in. 
I certainly did. I thought it was really, really good. I mean, say what you like about the BBC. They put out some good stuff from time to time. And this was uh, Pep Guardiola chasing perfection. By the way, I mean, there's been such a lot of um, football on this week, or such a lot of sport on TV generally. Um, and last night, I thought, I just can't sit and watch all the football again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out for, for dinner with my son. Right. And we ended up in a bar um, watching the uh, watching the football. Mm. But a bar had no soundtrack you know it had music on the soundtrack right. so there was no soundtrack to the match I had to imagine the West Ham fans booing never easy oh no they weren't happy and they were just sort of streaming away but anyway yeah the Pep Guardiola thing mm. which is uh, you can catch on the, the BBC uh, iPlayer yeah. at the moment really good I think the, the, the most interesting bit is the uh, bit where he took over at Barcelona mm. uh, when clearly he wasn't the popular choice because they had uh, what's described in the programme as a discipline progr- pro- uh, problem yeah. at uh, Barcelona with the first team. Um, and when it came down to it, they showed you some footage of what was going wrong uh, at Barcelona, and it seemed to be mainly Ronaldinho playing the bongos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's he often re- what's wrong at most clubs. Uh, one, a player just sort of sets off and indiscriminately plays the bongos. That is, it was an old drum kit. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he was rather, there were lots of scenes in the yeah, dressing room, and I thought, you know, there is Ronaldinho playing the bongos. Mm. But uh, added to that, with him being you know, the senior player, Player and uh, and respected etc. Um, there was a real chance of Messi being uh, unduly influenced by Ronaldinho. Yeah. He sort of looked up to him, and uh, that was the big task when um, when uh, Guardiola what, came confiscating in. the bongos. Getting rid of the bongos <laughs> and, and actually closely followed by Ronaldinho himself, yeah. uh, which sort of shows you know when you say a manager's sent a message. Mm. Yeah, Alex Ferguson was whether whether it was Lee Sharp or Yapstam or whoever it was. Uh, Alex Ferguson was very good at getting rid of disruptive influences. But given the position that... I mean, it just shows you the, the strength that Guardiola had. Mm. The fact that he was able to come in as formerly, you know, he, I mean, he made his reputation with the B team, Barcelona. You know, they won the third division at the time when the first team was, was in chaos, really. Everybody said, well, there's a discipline problem here. We need Mourinho. And it was almost like a done deal that Mourinho would be the uh, the next manager of Barcelona. But obviously, um, he ended up at Real Madrid. Um, and when Guardiola came in, still the press still he lost the first three matches, mm. and the uh, and the press was still saying that it should have been Jose Mourinho. He should have been the manager there at uh, Barcelona. So that was all. I mean, quite apart from the tactical stuff. And as we know, um, he changed football, didn't he, Guardiola? Yeah. A lot of good. Ar- I take it's a lot of good archive yeah, then. He from is absolutely time. brilliant. He has, Martin's right. He changed football, but you know it does help when you've got Messi and Chevy and Iniesta and all the players he's got at City. He always gets yeah. to work with the best players. We want to see him at Blind yes. Spartans. Yeah, if he fancies a challenge, you know that that would be. Yeah, interesting. well, he, he would maybe have to come up with something else revolutionary. You know, the false nine was really revolutionary. You know, when he held. Uh, Messi back against uh, Real Madrid and won that um, Clasico match. Yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, that was a, the, these sort of big moments, and they're all they're all covered. And the, you know, the, the Talking Heads, you get really good uh, a lot of stuff from uh, Jordi Cruyff, 
who um, said, they, in fact, they use his quote to plug the program. Mm. His quote is, you're considered crazy till you're a genius. And Sue so, Pollard as well, she's on there. Was she on it? Is it one of those talking, Jane McDonald, <laughs> we're all on there. Yeah. <laughs> Biggins, they're all on it. And, and Martin himself. It'd be great. It's the same sort of talking heads you get from my love, what? 1975. Yeah. Oh, I love those talking heads. Yeah. You know, I like it when it comes up, you know, Bert Sprogg's presenter. Yeah. And I think, what presenter? I've never <laughs> seen it. I've never seen what you've been presenting in. anything. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's available on the on the iPlan. It's worth yeah, really, really worth good. Worth I mean, there's a okay. whole load of really good stuff which I've not even covered. I mean, the fact that he took lessons from handball, you know, handball, yeah. very popular uh, in that part of Spain, in yeah. the Basque country, took a lot of messages from that. You Do know, they talk and, about how he invented the tactical foul and continues to get away yeah, with oh, yeah, it? Exactly. And even saying now that his team doesn't do it, even despite the fact that last Friday I saw him do about 12. Oh, they love it. <laughs> they take it in rope, don't they? Yeah, it's fantastic. The way they've got, got a rope. Got they have a little bad. rotor system on the board at the change. Oh, bad news for well, Sproggs is doing overnights. Oh, yeah, Sproggs has got, yes, yes, uh, got the is taking <laughs> over. One till six on Talk Sport. Um, Martin, yeah, now yes. you've, you've also been watching a baseball documentary. We are struggling a bit with predictive text because today... We have on your um, Twitter feed. Oh, well, they're not doing uh, it again. Show, um, Shohei Atari. I hope he's got a good games <laughs> console. I think it's an N. Beyond the Dream. It's uh, the fantastic yes. very, Japanese very special player. This uh, base, very, very special player because he's a two-way player. He's a pitcher and uh, and a batter. Yeah. And and he's um, made a few quid from it. I think it, his last deal uh, was something quite exceptional, wasn't it? It's an unbelievable deal. The mm. highest, uh, the highest he's ever for the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, that's right. Signed oh, from special. the Angels to the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a getting injured. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it is a remarkable story. Hmm. Having said all that, it's a pretty poor documentary. I think oh, I'm not a massive baseball fan, but that probably doesn't lot, help, does it? No, but well, what I mean is, there's there's not a whole load of you know. You want to see why he's so special, yeah. and what you get is a lot of people telling you why he's oh. so special. Not so, begins again. <laughs> not Biggins, not Sue Pollard, not Bert Sproggs. None of those appear in this. None of these uh, people that are doing the uh, Channel 5 documentaries. But um, he's described as the, the most unique player in baseball history. Obviously, you and I know you can't be most unique. You're either unique or you're not unique. You're <laughs> um, a bit of a pedant today, Martin. <laughs> not good enough, see me. Yeah, absolutely. Got your red pen out. I've got it out, yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, his statistics are remarkable. Over 10 pitching wins, I think 40 homers, 15 stolen bases all in the same season. Um, the only player apparently in modern MLB history with, uh, with with that sort of record. However, he talks about, I mean, he wanted to be, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a good sort of X-factor story in that uh, he had these ambitions, he had these dreams. And, you know, they always tell you, well, you should follow your dream. I mean, he did, and uh, he did it. I mean, he wrote, when he was at high school, he wrote down a plan as to how he was going to become a major league baseball player. Um, and he did it from uh, an area of Japan. They show you where it is, and it looks pretty... Um, pretty sort of sparse it's not yeah. you know it's not not an urban area there's mm. no baseball diamonds that you can see they got a sort of overhead shot of all that uh, and from this sort of rural area of japan he, he you know he got to play for what well, he played in in japan for a bit he watched major league baseball on his computer he talks about his heroes randy johnson pedro martinez and what we then have is a shot so we get him in an armchair sitting there talking about mm. how it was always his ambition and then we get them in an armchair talking about him 
um, which is it's pretty dull, actually, I have to say. Um, <laughs> well, well you know, I, I don't think we'll bother Martin. <laughs> Thanks, no, really. I, well, I'd love to. It's very Disney mm. as well, uh, and you find that these documentaries on uh, on Disney do tend to be... Well, Disney-fied, oh, okay. I suppose. Well, so $700 million was his move to the $700 Dodgers. $700 million, with some yeah. of The way they were able to structure it, it was a bit Chelsea-like. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of it was deferred. So Correct. He, basically, from 2034 to 2043, he'll get $68 million a season. Wow. Ridiculous. Yeah, it? so uh, yeah. long after, they'll just keep paying out. Martin, we're out yeah. of time. You're back overnight, I take it. Back overnight with a lot of exciting... Well, because it's going to be exciting. The cricket, cricket starts on, at 4 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, so... Uh, That'll be interesting, uh, presumably be a bit of Lewis Hamilton talk, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah, 1am, 4am, with yeah, the, the cricket on, so, you, well, you get, that's nice, you, you, you get off a bit earlier. Get off a bit get, earlier, have to stay get, around. Go and get the papers marked up, you can get straight down your news agents and get on with that. Yeah. I could do that, couldn't I? You could, you could. To me, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> This time next week, we'll be looking ahead to uh, the Super Bowl. Yes. And of course, we'll bring you that on uh, Talk Sport on the Sunday evening, the 11th. But um, before that, they have something called the Pro Bowl, which I'll be honest, I don't know a great deal about, which is why, of course, we turn, and Andy knows a bit more about it than me, but we turn to Todd Macklin, our man on American sports. Hello, Todd. Hi, boys. I see what the Thursday night they sort of mess about. They had this indoor thing featuring Jason Kelsey, amongst others, um, in a kind of it's a knockout format. They seem to be having a little bit of fun. Um, to, so what goes on with Pro Bowl? What's the point? What is it about? Well, the Pro Bowl used to be a game. So hmm. it used to be uh, played in Hawaii, uh, Hawaii. It used to be a game, and it used to be people talked about it being the worst of all the all-star festivities because it's football. And so you had to play it without trying to hurt anyone, right? Mm. Because it was a meaningless uh, game. You you just wanted to celebrate being in Hawaii. That was, you know, the reason a lot of guys went. And then they finally just said, listen, it's so bad, the game, because really there's no hitting and – and anything like that, which is kind of the nature of football. So they've got what's now called the Pro Bowl games. Mm. And as you mentioned, it's just a kind of a bunch of uh, skills. It's like a skills competition, but different skills. Like this year, <laughs> this year they're going to do a closest to the hole in golf, which, listen, if you're in Florida, so they're in Orlando. So that's one of the things. I think they're doing a tug of war. And then on the Sunday, uh, on Sunday, there will be like a flag football game um, instead of the real game. Okay. So that's what they're doing. They just want to kind of still celebrate. The, the biggest thing is the two weeks between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. They want to have something on the Sunday. They don't want people forgetting about football. So they do something and kind of get everyone together. They yeah, can, the did, baseball one is the only one that really counts because it determines yeah. home field advantage, doesn't it, for the uh, it, You know, Andy, series. it did. Mm. It did, but they've done away with that oh, now. Really? Um, yeah, because they, yeah, they, at one point it did because they were, again, tired of a meeting. The guys really weren't taking it seriously. Um, so, yeah, that, it's just any one of these, and, and right now the, the NHL All-Star game, um, is in Canada. It's in Toronto, where I am uh, right now. And, uh, you know, they've tried all these different things um, to try and give it some meeting because they, we all know the players aren't 
trying because no one wants to get hurt in an in an all star game. Uh, so it's kind of yeah, but baseball is the closest because you know there's no hitting or anything like that. Um, hitting meaning hitting the other players physically. There is hitting obviously, but it's the only one closest to the actual game um, because you don't need to punch anyone or hit anybody. Now, uh, everybody's been spending time trying to work out how Taylor Swift is going to get from Japan. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't um, it? To Vegas to watch her boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey, play in the Super Bowl. It can be done because of the time difference, but she'll have to get off stage, get on a plane about midnight. Yeah, I'm not sure she can afford a private plane. Yeah. Fly all that way at the game. She'll make it for kickoff, and I'll take you. She's got to head back to Japan to do more gigs. So uh, if I've got tickets for her on the Monday or the Tuesday, she'll be half asleep. <laughs> but, I mean, she can do it. And I would imagine the way this has gone and the expectation is she will be there, Todd. Uh, absolutely. She uh, she will be there, right? As, as, you know, as Andy pointed out, I don't think she's flying commercial. So she doesn't have to worry about the rest of us, you know, delays at the airport yeah. uh, and that. Listen, I think it's one of the biggest talking points. Again, because of the, you know, two weeks off, there's so much to talk about. And I think she's become the focal point. That second week, maybe we'll start, you know, next week, maybe we start talking about the actual game. Yeah. But this week is always has all been about, you know, will Taylor Swift be able to make it to the game? And, you know, the prop bets, you know, we'll, we talk about it every year, guys, the different prop bets. How long will the anthem be? You know, what What color will the Gatorade be that poured over the winning coach? Listen, the prop bets for Taylor Swift will be probably many, right? How many yeah. times they show her on camera and stuff like that. We're going to be uh, yeah, talking but, about the ads as well. We yeah, love the Super Bowl well, ads and the money. that they're, right? got David okay. Beckham and Victoria Beckham are in an ad, I think, next week as well. That's a, that's a, So there's probably three main things now hmm. attached to the Super Bowl, right? Is the game itself. The commercials, which are just so enormous, people look for the commercials and the Taylor Swift. I, I, you know, I, people are talking about this could be the highest rated Super Bowl ever, right? Again, because, because of, of that Taylor Swift wow. factor. Now she's a couple of bits of fluff, as I said, from it. Um, she's been wearing these custom made uh, Chiefs jackets with uh, Travis Kelsey's number on. And uh, they're made for by some guy who does a lot of work for sort of pop stars and uh, sort of moneyed celebs. And he's now got a, he's now got a contract with the NFL off the back of it because everybody's saying, "Where can I buy the jackets?" Yeah, so this sake. is the knock on Taylor effect. But the one I love best was that one of the papers ever desperate went and tracked down Travis Kelsey's barber <laughs> to ask about his haircut and uh, whether Taylor likes it or not. And the barber wasn't having any of it. He said, "They said, well, what's the secret to Travis's haircut?" And he said, it's a number three on top, bald at the sides. Barber do this all day. Barbers do this all day, and they have done for the past hundred years. So he didn't seem to be entering into the spirit of it. But we're going to get more. Impressed. We're going to get a lot more of this, Todd, next week, aren't we? Ever desperate stories linking Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll give you one very quickly. So I guess when any team makes the Super Bowl, their own, you know, you have extra flights. You want to put extra flights from, uh, you know, that city to Vegas where the Super Bowl is. So I guess uh, United Airlines and, and American Airlines have added extra flights. The first flight is flight 1989, which happens to be Taylor's birthday year. And the second flight was flight 87, which happens to be Travis Kelsey's number. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Uh, 
Right, well, finally, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm starts its last season uh, on Sunday and Larry David had a kind of deep sports chat with the podcaster Bill Simmons and he appeared on the show and uh, he was talking about uh, modern sports stadiums. He'd just been to a game in in California and um, this is what he had to say. They got the, the nets up, everyone's on their phone. It Here, doesn't feel communal the same way. Here's my problem with stadiums in general now. Like I went to, uh, I went to a game at SoFi, and I, I will, I'll never go back there. You have to scream to just talk to the person next to you. There's so much noise coming from the loudspeaker. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, there we are. Yeah, but I know what he means. I mean, you get that sometimes at cricket as well. You're yeah, yeah, so yeah. So loud, and you think, "What's the point?" He was, yeah, he was railing against it, and the sort of the chants and the, everybody trying to get the crowd going. But uh, probably if there was another series, he, I mean, we did have a couple of. There's been a few sporting ones, yeah, haven't yeah. they? Curb your enthusiasm over the years. Maybe we should uh, look at some yeah, of those. Was the, in the, well. the carpool lane was yeah. one of the memorable ones, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just to wrap things up, we did ask you this afternoon. We got you going a bit puntastic, and we had the chivalry footballers and indeed the sandwich footballers, didn't yeah. we? Uh, which had had our old friend Kate Partridge, formerly of this parish, to give us uh, Excalibur Miller Chip. Oh, very good. And Gary Breville. Thank yes. you very much, Kate, uh, for those. Sandwiches. And Bob and I both took liberties. Caesar Salah sandwich, not really a sandwich, no, Bob. Really Mark well, Fish Finger sandwich. Well, yeah, okay. And Matt Hummus. Not a sandwich, Bob. Stop taking liberties. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded. Today, uh, we go again on Monday with Danny Kelly. Uh, nine Premier League games to look back on. Everything going on around Europe. Lots more yeah. besides. Some clips pewter. So I do hope you can join us from one. If not, on Monday, the podcast, as always, available around four. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 